Turt Manor. Hello, welcome to the Turt Manor. I need to stop saying the, it's welcome to Tet Manor podcast. I had some jip from those Oxford fans that we know that are based up north for adding the the in, but there we go. Not so many of us this week. Andy, you're back in town. How's it going? Yeah, I'm back in contention. Yeah, good, thanks. Um, bit deflated after that that result yeah. yesterday, but I think yeah, we'll we'll go into Tuesday and put it right, hopefully. Did you inflate yourself with a nice dinner this evening? I did, actually. We had the Domino's. We had the, the $24.99 winter deal, and we all, we all fed ourselves uh, amply. Nice. Did you buy an extra garlic dip? No, we didn't need to. The kids don't have the dip, so we uh, we Good. stole theirs. Absolutely, standard. Uh, ben, you're back. You're back as well. How are you? I am. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Good. I can already sense a little bit of lag on your return, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no. we're gonna, great. We have to get. We have to get through that. Uh, ben, what, what culinary delights did you have tonight? Well, I haven't had mine yet, but it is also a pizza. But this is a Sri Lankan chicken pizza from Sainsbury's. So I'm looking forward to this. Jesus Christ. Sri Lankan wow. chicken. Okay. That's what you get on Tet Manor podcast. Uh, <laughs> right. Straight into it. Lots of news to chat about. Right. First things first, the FA Cup draw. This feels like a long time ago, as does everything. But um, Newcastle or Rochdale away uh, to be played at 3pm on Saturday the 25th. Uh, I think they're playing the replay on Tuesday next week. I wonder if it's on TV or something. I don't know. Um, Not sure. No. Andy, are you happy with that draw? Yeah, I'll take that. I think um, both of those games would be winnable, obviously. Newcastle are a Premier League team, but they've uh, they've been hounded with injuries recently. Um, and I think I've seen a bit of chat on, on Twitter saying that we'd probably beat them. But I suppose that's the beauty of football. Anything can happen on the day. So, Yeah, it's a good draw in that we either get a League One side that where it is even more winnable and it's not too far for some of us based up north or you get that nice kind of away trip. Be it that I think they still house the away fans up in the Stars when you go away to Newcastle, you have to climb 68 stories of steps. But anyway, Ben, um, if it is Newcastle, it's the first time that we'll experience VAR. Is that a historical moment that we should save you or something that we shouldn't be looking forward to? I'm dreading it. I think <laughs> if we score and it's yeah. a tight offside and it's disallowed, I'm just going to be absolutely furious. I think it's going to be gonna a, jump off. a wake-up call for us. <laughs> well, maybe not quite that bad, but I won't be happy. No. Anyway, that is still exciting, and I'm very much looking forward to that, whoever we get. Um, squad updates. So Eastwood, obviously back in contention. Uh, he had six weeks off, but obviously he's back in the team. Um, Archer did a good job, Andy, didn't he, whilst he was with us? Yeah. yeah, I liked Archer. I think he was a, he was a different goalkeeper to um, Eastwood. I think we were, we were chatting just before we we started recording. Um, I think Eastwood isn't the the finished product, and I'm not saying Archer is, but I think Archer had a few more 
elements of the the finished product than Eastwood does. I think he he commanded his box well, and he yeah. just brought a, a calming sort of aura to the the team. Really, I was going to ask a question, and I wrote this pre Rotherham game about Eastwood not necessarily having his best season with us, but we'll talk a bit about that. I think when we get into the Rotherham match, um, Woodburn back at Oxford as well to see out the rest of the season. So um, we've got we've basically. Uh, negotiated a change in his uh, loan deal, which means we're probably paying, not paying anything until he's uh, returned to fitness, which is good. And that kind of freed up some money or wages to bring Brown in or Holland or whatever. Um, but hopefully Woodburn should be back in the next couple of months, which is great news. I enjoyed the um, <coughs> the interview with Woodburn on Yellow Player where he was saying that he's shacking back up with Cam Brannigan and Eastwood. And when he returned into the house with with those two in it, he said Eastwood was sleeping in his bed. So we had to move him back into his, his own room <laughs> and he went gracefully. So, you know, there was no protest, but Ben, have you ever had to move another man out of your bed? Uh, I think we'll no, take that as a no. You coming up there. No, I haven't. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> what was with the pause, Ben? That can't have been the lag. You were considering something. No, I'd put I'd put the mic on mute. I forgot to unmute it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, uh, sure. And, and I'm st- and I'm sticking to that. <laughs> uh, we had um, the five minutes fan forum. Kr joined it this time. Uh, he said that there were no bids, so obviously a lot of the questions coming in were about um, transfers and such. But he said we hadn't had any bids from Leeds for Cam Brannigan because that was something that was flying around on Twitter. Um, he did say that Leeds potentially are after two of our players as well, which I don't think was something that had been mooted before. Um, there was an article in the Terragraph suggesting that Brannigan was a one million target for them, but I think we can all just quash that right here, right now. He wouldn't pay for his boots, as we'd say. Um, he refused to rule out any departures, KR, saying that we've just got to be realistic. Um, obviously, he doesn't want to sell anyone, um, but a couple of players will need to be loaned out in order to accommodate new arrivals. Um, doesn't anticipate Matty Taylor being recalled by Bristol City, but we do have a backup plan in place uh, in case he does. Uh, Andy, you'll be de- <laughs> devastated to know that Ricardinho will not be returning. So uh, he was why, just <laughs> why build why build me up like that? Why why do it and then just bring it <laughs> crashing down? No, I, I mean it, it is probably was never going to happen, was it? I mean it'd be handy to have as a backup, but. Yeah, he's busy doing whatever he's doing in South America. Yeah, it is a shame. But he, you know, he, he's probably set up some kind of drug um, cartel. Massive. Cartel, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, he also said, KR, that the preseason tour is likely to be in the south of Spain or Portugal. Ben, I think you were, oh, Ben, he's jumping out and in of the podcast at the moment on the on the software that we use. So it's not, not there to answer this question. <laughs> I think Ben previously was keen for um, Holland or the Netherlands, whichever way you want to say it. Um, Andy, of Brannigan, Baptiste and Dickie, if we had to lose one, which one would it be? Oof, what a question. Uh, I think Baptiste is probably the hardest one to replace just because of the, his age and the, the talent he's got. Um, Dickie, I think he's had a solid season. I think he's been a bit off uh last couple of games um for yeah. me i'd probably say brannigan but yeah out, out of the three of them I, I'd, I'd probably lose brannigan i know he's he's got a lot of fans but no I, I, I don't rate him as as highly as probably other people do to be honest so for me personally 
I think I'm in the same place. I think I'm in the same place that Brano would be the one I would let. I think Baptiste has got something that a lot of players don't seem to have and the ball sticks to his feet like glue at times. So, yeah. Ben, are you back with us? I am, yes. Fantastic. There was no lag there either. You're back on the um, no. 4G. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. I can tell. <laughs> ben, if it, I, was, I was just asking if um, if we had to lose Brannigan, Baptiste or Dickey, which one would it be for you? I think just catching the end of it, I'd agree with what you both said. It, it would probably be Brannigan. I think Baptiste is is definitely going places in the next year or two. Uh, um, I think I'm in the Premier League, certainly within the next two years. Uh, and I think Dickey at the back, I think we, we'd struggle to replace him. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I mean, Brannigan's great. Don't get me wrong, but of those three, it probably would be him I'd lose. Yeah. If I had to. Um there was some news that's just filtered through within the last hour that KR has been linked with Malaga. Um, so a sports uh, journo with circa 90,000 followers tweeted it an hour ago. Seems to be part of the footballinsider247.com website group or whatever. But Malaga sacked their manager this weekend and it seems that they've targeted KR. They're 16th in the Spanish Segunda division. Andy, is that just banter? Like he has mentioned in, um, I think Jack was saying on an athletic article that he, he's really keen to manage abroad one day, but surely this wouldn't be the right time when he's pushing a club towards the championship. Yeah, I don't think it's probably the right time. I wouldn't say it's out of the realms of possibility. Money talks in football, we know that, but I think he'd be daft like any of the, the players, to be honest, to leave at this point in the season with within touching distance of the championship. And uh, maybe there's something in it with this, the, the Spain preseason tour. Maybe he's going to go and do a little recce and, and see what it's all about. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, in other news, Ewan Doyle was recalled by Bradford, which was fucking hilarious. Um, so let's hope that there's a bit of a collapse there um, <laughs> down the road in Swindon. But God, I thought I thought that was great. There is still a chance he could end up back there because he can't really play for anyone else. But let's hope. Um, I did speak to a Bradford fan at work who didn't think that was going to happen. So let's hope it doesn't. Um, on to our own transfer business then. So we talked a lot about Nathan Holland last time. 21 winger from West Ham. Um, it turned out that a change in manager, obviously David Moyes going in at West Ham, meant that there was a slight delay in things as he wanted to assess the squad. But Holland came in, said, obviously, regular men's football is key for his development, wants to gain experience. Um, really impressed because he played in the um, Carabao Cup game versus us, and he obviously was part of that side that lost 4-0. But they're very impressed with us. Um, and his stats, as we talked about last week, he was in the Premier League 2, Division 2. And I had to go back and look. It's essentially the new under-21 system. They've kind of broken it into two different... Uh, divisions with promotions and relegations and stuff but regardless West Ham he left them uh, top of the league after 14 games having not lost they'd won 12 drawn two he was the joint top scorer in the league 12 goals in 14 games and just before he came to us actually he'd notched in a game against Man United Um, and he also had the top assists in the league as well but um, Ben very exciting and very promising for us going forward and for the rest of the season. Absolutely. I think it's one of those, it's what the loan system's all about. It's a win-win. It's a win for the player. He's getting first team football at a club playing good football, going for promotion. And we get a fantastic prospect who, you know, if he if he lives up to the billing, I think he's going to do really well for us. And hopefully if he can you know, get five, ten goals or plenty of assists, then fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Liam Kelly also coming in, um, 24 years old, deep lying 
created midfielder um, originally from Basingstoke, but played 82 times for Reading in the championship, scoring seven goals. He uh, moved to Feyenoord on a three-year deal, arrived in a helicopter, if I if I saw correctly and I didn't dream that. I don't think he had quite the same um, introduction to the Kassam. Um He made one appearance in the, I never want to say it. Andy, can you pronounce the um, Dutch top tier? Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> a, a red That's much better than what I was going to do. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you reckon about Liam Kelly, um, Andy? Where do you reckon he could slot in? Is it is it cover? Do we think he may be a sure star? Is it just too? It's not worth speculating at this time. Who knows? What do you reckon? Uh, well, I don't know to be honest. I think he's probably going to s- sort of slot in next to Cameron Brannigan, Baptiste, that sort of area in a maybe a midfield four with sort of Fosu or Brown and Holland either side. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just it, it it does it makes you wonder though why he hasn't had any games for Feyenoord. What's what's stopping him from playing? But, yeah, yeah, you would have thought championship to the Dutch top league. There were he would have been playing a few more games given that they'd seen him or something. But um, he said the main reason um, of joining us was obviously where we were location wise, not far from where he's from, and the fact we're fighting for promotion. But the big reason was that he he knows some of the lads, so. He was best mates with Rob, or he is best mates with Rob Dickey since the under eights at Reading. Um, and he also knows Tura Fosu, Shandon, Cam Brannigan, Jamie Mackey, James Henry. So he should be settling in pretty quickly. And that's what he was saying in his interviews on Yellow Play and that. And he also knows Tiger as well, which is grand. Um, KR was saying on Holland and Kelly that there must have been at least 20 clubs interested in both of them combined. Um, and he, he kind of. He praised the squad, actually, for supporting and getting those two players in, essentially, which is great. Um, But we didn't stop there anyway. So less than 24 hours later, there was um, we noticed an agent on um, Twitter who uh, basically support. He basically looks after how many players? I forget it was. Did did you guys look at the list of um, New Era Global Sports and who they represented? I don't know if you saw it. No, I didn't. I didn't look at it. But ever since the um, who who's the agent that was just a bit of a bell end on Twitter? I can't remember. <laughs> that was like a pro sport or something. I just I don't like agents anyway. But no. So th- this guy basically said late at night, um, who might be next? I emoji. I emoji. I emoji. And um, obviously, a load of people were then clicking in to see who they represented. And Marcus Brown was one of those. Um, and then the mole rose from its tunnel to deliver some breaking news to us, and we started putting some loose tweets out. Um, so yeah, Marcus Brown came back. We talked about this a bit last week. Um, I can't remember. I think overall we were a bit on the fence. I was pretty keen to have him back. I know others weren't. Um, ben, you weren't here last week, so what's your thoughts? I thought he was okay when he was with us last season. I didn't think he he set the world on fire. And I think at times he just seemed to just do his own game, play for himself, didn't necessarily yeah. play for the team. Um, I've seen some people coming a bit, a bit egotistical, which I get where they're coming from in that sense, just trying to play for yourself. But, I mean, he did he did do a good job for us. You know, he didn't score loads, but he scored enough. He set the assists, and I mean, he's already scored, you know, one for us again yesterday. So I think if, if, if he's gone away and matured a bit, 
at Middlesbrough, if they're sort of not playing much, has grounded him a bit. And I think if he's if he's back to just natural football, I think he'll be yeah. a good player for us. Yeah. Andy, of Brown, Holland and Kelly, who are you most excited about if you had to pick one? Uh, probably Holland. Um, I know a lot of people yeah. have compared him to Roof uh, from the highlights I saw. He was keen to sort of get down that wing and he's obviously quick and, and take on players. So I'd probably say Holland. Okay. I, I agree with that. Uh, Rob Atkinson was the, the final arrival. So he's a left-sided centre-back from Eastleigh, 21 years old, 20-odd appearances this season in the conference, whoever it's sponsored by now. What is it? Vanarama? Yeah, yeah, I think so. No, no. That sounds about right. It used to be Vauxhall. That's why I always think it should be. <laughs> Vauxhall Conference. Anyway, he spoke very well and had an absolutely fantastic deep voice on Yellow Player. It was challenging Baptiste for the deepest and best voice in the squad award. <laughs> but um, it was good to see on Twitter an Eastleigh fan actually say, like, bugger, good luck to Rob. Week after week, he's been the best player on the pitch and deserves a crack at a high level. Um, and it, apparently it was the highest fee that Eastleigh had received as well. So it shows that, you know, it must have been a pretty penny and uh, we must be believing in... Um, Rob Atkinson, in terms of someone for the future. I don't know, Ben, did you see any of the videos on Twitter of Atkinson's play? Like kind of, it was conference highlights, but he was bringing the ball out, out from the back, taking people on. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely definitely Dickie-esque. It was, yeah, sort of coming from midway in his half, just running past plays and ending up on the edge of the attacking box. Yeah, very very similar traits, just, a, just the way he looked as well on the ball and just a little shimmy and then running forward, taking on players. I think he's definitely one for the future. And I, I, I think he's definitely a, a Dickey replacement with an eye on whenever Dickey goes. Yeah. Well, it, it was the heart attack was uh, reduced or mitigated when they said that um, Atkinson was probably going straight back out on loan. He would be able to be recalled if we needed left back cover potentially, or again, someone else in centre back. But it's all gone a bit quiet on Dickey leaving and we haven't had, heard anything. And Jerome was quick to say that they've heard nothing of any kind of yeah, enhanced interest, as it were, um, over the last couple of weeks. So that's good. Hasn't he um, Hasn't he gone back out on loan to Eastleigh? I think, yeah, I think he's meant to be going yeah. back there for the rest of the season. And and, and just, just one on the whole um, one for the future thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure the last person that, Carl Robinson said that about was T Sun die. So <laughs> make, make of that make of that what you will. But no, it's obviously the lad's got talent, and I look forward to him obviously starting in our first team squad. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then, as we do, all of the Oxford fans just got carried away. I saw a, a picture of a, a ship with HMS Piss the League on it and the Oxford badge <laughs> on the top of it. There's a fantastic tweet from that no context Hearn account on Twitter where um, it was Hearn, it, it was like uh, captioned Oxford United to the other League One clubs and it said, and Hearn was saying, irrelevant, boring, old, yesterday's news, yeah. out of the way, excuse me, we're coming in. <laughs> that was brilliant. I did like that. It was so good. Um, then Oxford Mail had an article on Friday uh, basically saying that we want to, we still need to free up wages. The outlay so far has been minimal, as we all know. There's a you could see with the bench, and we'll get onto the Rotherham lineup in a bit. But if everyone was fit, there's a load of really good players not even making the bench now. Basically, um, the the article was saying that we're currently at five lone players. The maximum permitted um, in a squad for a match day is um, is five, so can't go any more than that. Kr did say he doesn't mind having seven loans. He's done it before. Um, 
that like Wood Woody or Woodburn's not going to be fit until March, so potentially he might go back and look at George Fawn again. Um, he said the right back m- might be alone as well, and he said he knew who he wanted. Um, and every pie is happy, but it will be later on in the window. Now we then saw as the final bit of transfer news, um, the Celtic right back Leo Connor is. It was reported in the Herald, which is a paper across the border. Um, I was a bit shocked by this. So this this lad is a right back, nineteen years old from memory, um, but hasn't played a league game. And Andy, what do you reckon in terms of uh, with Cadden going and Long always being the backup? If we're pushing for promotion, is Sam Long the man or would we have expected someone to come in who's got a bit of experience or maybe is more of a progressive, forward-thinking, dynamic player? I think um, if you're pushing for promotion, you've got, to, you've got to get somebody in with a bit of experience. But on the flip side of that, Sam Long has got a lot of experience. He's been with the squad a long time. He may not have experience of the higher leagues, but when, when do you give him a chance? You know what I mean? You've got to give him the chance to sort of prove himself at some point yeah. so I think yeah <clears throat> we could do with somebody sat there with a bit of experience but at the same time why not let us let Sam Long see if he can do it yeah fair enough and um the it's gone a bit quiet on Stephen O'Donnell who we we talked a bit about last week 27 year old right back previous Scotland international he plays for Kilmarnock and his contract's out of um it's out in the summer, so that was a that was a thing that we were looking at. But again, it's gone quiet there. Um, so that's that for transfers. The only other thing in news was that KR was nominated for the third time um, this week for Manager of the Month, where we all knew what was going to happen there. Ramon Diaz remains Oxford's most recent Manager of the Month winner from fucking two thousand and five, <laughs> which is incredible. <laughs> I am I'm staggered by that. I can't believe that. An, an Oxford manager hasn't won it. I think we had a discussion last time he was nominated. Yeah. That, that Chris Wilder, I'm sure Chris Wilder got it, but maybe in the conference. In the conference. Yeah. yeah, Matt, but Map, how did Map not win a manager of the month? It's incredible. Mm. But I did, to be fair, this time around, I did think that um, when I looked at the nominations, I thought John Coleman, that uh, Aki manager, should win it. They got 11 points from five games, so unbeaten. And that included a, a great 4-1 victory over Portsmouth, who are obviously flying at the moment as well. So fair play to them. And uh, KR's just going to have to try and win it on his fourth nomination. <laughs> right, let's go on to Rotherham. So a bit of a mini preview. So they came into the game five unbeaten on the back of three consecutive wins against Blackpool, Peterborough which they won 4-0 actually, and uh, Shrewsbury, so none of them easy games. Jack talked a bit last week about the fact they've scored 42 goals, which is more than us, conceded 25, which was a few more than us, but still close given that we've got a decent defensive record. Um, And they've won, what was the other thing they were saying? They put the most crosses into the box in the league so far, 612 in 23 games. We were 557 in 22. The reason that's significant is that their record from set pieces is so far beyond anyone else's. Um, it had a massive impact on our on the lineup, basically. So Rotherham have scored 18 goals from set pieces, seven goals conceded from set pieces, and that's a goal difference of 11. Us, on the other hand, Ben, have you got this in front of you? How many do you reckon, if, you, if you're not looking at it? I've, I've got it in front of me. Have a guess anyway, pretend it's not there. Uh, five. <laughs> 
So we have only scored three goals from set pieces. So it does show the difference in in kind of approach, but it's either that they're kind of flooding the box as well when they're getting the crosses on, um, not just from corners, but free kicks as well. Um, Anyway, the Rotherham manager, Paul Warren, before the game was basically saying that they would take a point. Of course I would, he said. I'd be stupid not to and um, should be eating his words a little bit now in hindsight, but... I'm guessing when he was talking to his players, he wasn't kind of going along those lines. But um, he referred back to our last meeting, of which a few of us were at, that 2-1 win at their place. And he said, um, we basically outplayed them in every department, which was nice of him to say. So they obviously did their homework over the last few games and set up to try and counter us. But they brought um, 894 fans, which is decent, to be fair for them. Um, Crowd that tipped over 8,000, so that was good. Um, the lineup from us, two changes from Hartlepool, Eastwood and Brannigan coming in for Archer and Hall. Um, Andy, do you reckon it was the strongest bench we've ever had in memory? Uh, it's kind of um, subjective, isn't it? Because I, th- I know in the 2010 season, we had some good players, but they were conference sort of League Two players. So uh, probably at this level, I'd, I'd definitely say so, yeah. Yeah. Um, the lineup itself was pretty contentious and I don't want to talk too much about it until after the game. So we're just going to end up talking about the game, I guess. But KR did say before the match that um, when the chips had been down, um, you know, the players that have been here over the last few weeks, months, are the ones that have given everything. How can I build a club with integrity if I bring someone in and the people who have done well have to drop to the bench? And then when he talked specifically about Moose not starting and Taylor not starting, which were the two big ones, I think, he said that the best centre-back performance of the season was Elliot Moore at Rotherham. And that was when Dickie, I think, was suspended. <laughs> um, and he felt that he, being Moore, was best equipped with the aerial bombardment that we were expecting. Um, and he said it's the same reason why Jamie Mackey was playing as well. Um, and we thought he thinks the first 60 minutes was about digging in um, to the simplistic elements of the game. Mm. So I did think that... And Ben, what's your take on this? Because... As soon as I looked at that lineup, there was Sykes, who's got one league goal all season, be it was a great goal against Wimbledon just the other week. Fosu, who just hasn't been on form. And Mackie, who what, has probably got two league goals as well. And it isn't, you know, a clinic. He's not that kind of goal scorer. And we always refer to that. But straight away, it was as if we're setting up the team to get, you know, to just keep it tight, to keep it a nil-nil, and then bring on players from the bench, be it that the bench had Holland, Brown, Taylor, Hall and Kelly on it in terms of attacking threat potentially, but that it just felt that it was too obvious what we were doing. Yeah, I agree. If you look at that front three and you compare that to Taylor, uh, Brown and Holland, you know, the Taylor, Brown and Holland's the much more attacking one, the much more, I'd say, you know, aggressive running at players, you know, looking for goals one. And yeah, I, I completely agree. It just seemed quite a, a sort of not defensive as such, but not necessarily a, we're going to go out and we're going to try and take the game. We'll just sort of sit back and, and try and keep the ball and wait and see what happens. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I didn't realise quite how sort of bad it was until I saw your tweet, actually, where you just mentioned with the one goal from Sykes. And obviously, we know Fosu and Mackie aren't huge, consistent goal scorers. Yeah. But I still think the triangle of Baptiste, Brannigan and Gorin, I still did think we should have had a bit more of a chance in that central midfield positions. Yeah. There was something about, for me, and I know I'm digging again at Shane Long. Shane Long? <laughs> Sam Long? Definitely not Shane Long. Can't blame Shane. That's not his fault. 
But it's something, it just looked different with um, Sam Long in the side for me without Cadden there. It made me sad. But um, yeah, really bad start to the game anyway. Rotherham looked the better side early on, playing the ball around well, kind of dictating the pace of the game. Um, whenever we kind of went up the pitch, they were breaking and countering well, notably down our left side. And then um, within 15, 16 minutes, they were ahead. So Ruffles, it was basically caught up the pitch. Moore came across to step in as left back. The ball was played across and Carl Vassell, who used to play, he scored a cracker for us, I think, against Carlisle back in the day. But he he got in between Long and Dickey um, and then slotted in. Andy, I know I said this to you before we started recording, but where on earth was um, Simon Eastwood going when that ball came across? Uh, no idea. It was it was like he was playing in a different game. I mean, I, I, I'm a goalkeeper by trade. I think I've said it before, but <laughs> it's just <laughs> I, the positioning didn't seem right or he seemed to be going somewhere where the ball was never going to go. So, uh, I don't know. It, it was just a... a comedy of errors for probably all three of those goals to be honest yeah. not just from him but it's anticipation isn't it though for that first one is then he needs to be probably covering his near post and needs to see that Vassell is going to get to the ball because he mm. he basically anticipates that he's not going to get there so he just starts running out of his goal it's, it's <laughs> incredible to watch Ben what was your thoughts yeah I agree with Andy completely the first time I saw that I was like it's, it's never going to go to where he's running to it's just not going to happen. So it just seems, I mean, it does look terrible. There's no way, you know, he shouldn't shouldn't be covering his front post there. But I did notice as well, before in the build-up to that, quite a weak attempted block tackle from Brannigan. Yeah. Which um, basically, you know, resulted in the, the winger running up and putting the ball in. And it just seemed like he, he just wasn't quite on it, Brannigan. No. Whether he's, he's just not fit or not. Yeah, he ended up going off at half-time and people were saying that, they didn't think he was necessarily fit. Um, that was the first league goal, anyway, we conceded um, since August at home, which is nuts. Um, we then kind of, there was a couple of positive runs by Sykes straight after that. He was a bit isolated on the right-hand side, though. There was no overlap, which again made me a bit sad. So he was having to kind of do everything himself, but that's what Cadden was bringing um, when he was around. But we weren't flooding the box, so often when when Sykes was managing to get a cross in, it was Mackie there, and Mackie was like bulldozing or just ramming into the goalie to put him off or whatever. But we didn't really look like a threat. Um, Ruffles was caught up the field again, direct replica of that first goal in terms of how that came about as Rotherham kind of broke again. It ended up with a really clear effort on the edge of the box for Rotherham, but. It was a placed effort with loads of time and just whacked it over. But then they did end up scoring again on 33 minutes. So long. There was just a long kind of lofted ball over the top. Um, Dickie was flat footed. If you watch it on the highlights, it's just in shot. And I was watching the game live, but I didn't notice this until I watched it back. But he's kind of a bit flat. I know I don't want to overanalyze the shit out of this, but we're going to anyway. But he was a bit <laughs> flat footed and knock you know when you kind of turn your body side on so you can run you can run back if you so need to he was just facing directly forward feet firmly on the ground Vassell was on his toes and as soon as that ball went over he obviously Vassell had the advantage Eastwood basically assumed that Vassell was going to get there first and go down on goal and um but Dickie actually did really well to get kind of goal side of him again but by the time Eastwood started panicking and running back realizing that Dickie had got there uh, Vassell was chipping in basically and it was going in. Um, 
Andy, just it looked like a calamity goal. And to be honest, by the time the cell was getting a shot off, the only way he would have scored from that position was if he still was, was off his line, and he was. Yeah, it was just, again, it was it was poor defending. I don't think anybody had, had sit in that dressing room afterwards and say they, they were in the right position or... Um, I think we were playing a high line or trying to play a high line and, and press them and we were just getting caught out and we got caught out twice with not similar goals, but just by being where we shouldn't be really in terms of what Rotherham were trying to do. So yeah. that we then fought right 33 minutes heading towards half time. We need to just get in, reset, make a couple of changes and get out. Got to the 45th minute, they added on three minutes, got to the 46th minute. And um, Rotherham get a corner. We should have cleared it. More basically controlled it. Could have just whacked it out, and that would have been half time. But instead, he kind of tried to play it to Brannigan. Played it slightly behind him. Rotherham intercept. Get a cross in. Bish bash bosh. Header at the far post and three nil. Bit of a shambles, Ben. You watched that back? Yeah. Just he's got to put his foot through it. Have it. Rose Ed. Clear the ball out, and then it's half time. He just. Just to play it out of the box at that point of the game, you just need to get into half time. You've just got to clear it, and then from there, it's it's a good ball in again. Yeah, their player gets there first. Simple header. It's just just looks too easy. All three goals just too easy. Yeah, all mistakes that were absolutely avoidable. But it, in summary of that first half, they Rotherham did press extremely well. We couldn't deal with it. We weren't playing our game. Brannigan, as we said, clearly not fit. Gorin. Again, got booked really early, which just impacted his ability to play. And we've seen that a few times in recent weeks. Rotherham were doubling up on Fosu every time he got the ball. Um, and mainly because there was no other threat up top for the Rotherham fellas to kind of close down. So they would just go in for Fosu every time. And it worked because he just didn't get anywhere. Barely managed to even turn to face goal. Um, the keep it tight approach that we referred to in the lineup was just done, obviously, after the first goal. Um, Andy, do you reckon it would have been worthwhile to try and mix something up after that first goal went in, maybe after 15, 20 minutes to try and counter what was going on rather than leave it? I think it was it was an early goal and I think they probably had it in the heads that they had a game plan. Robinson's uh, bang on all season about having a game plan and sticking to it. So I think that's what they were trying to do. But yeah. I think you have to have the ability to sort of switch things up. And with... Um, with Robinson being up in the stands, I think they probably needed somebody on the pitch to make that decision. That they must have a plan B. You know, I mean, we all say that Robinson's quite blinkered in terms of what he does, but there's they must have a plan B. And I think they were just trying to play how they were told to play, really. And it got when they got caught out twice. It's it's probably a bit too late by then. You're two 0 down, and you're chasing your tail. So yeah, exactly. Oxford Mail was saying at half time we've been bullied and just haven't found an answer answer to it, which um, is a great just kind of review of that first half. We move into the second half, double change for us. So Marcus Brown and Nathan Holland come on for Gorin and Brannigan. Um, Holland started on the right, Brown part of the midfield three. I think at this time, everyone was trying to work out what the hell our formation was and who was playing where. And I, to be honest, I didn't know until I looked back and <laughs> captured it from Oxford, the Oxford Mail kind of live feed type thing. Um, Taylor ended up coming on on 60 minutes as well and again still couldn't work out what we were actually playing um, Matty, Matty Taylor got clean through um, before we actually notched our goal a tidy finish into the roof in there but it was offside 
But then we did end up getting a goal um, on 71 minutes. Um, Sykes, who was probably the man of the match watching watching the game, he was the only player that through both the first and second half was playing consistently, did re- a really good individual performance, tried to bring others into play um, and just was working extremely hard. Um, I thought he was I thought he was fantastic. But he did brilliantly out wide um, and Taylor couldn't convert the ball in from his cross, from Sykes's cross, but Brown was there to volley in. Ben, good for Brown to just get off the mark nice and quickly. We you know, he talked a bit about the ego that he has, maybe playing for himself a little bit. But regardless, we want a, we want a player there that's sharp, match fit, and with a bit of confidence behind them going into Ipswich on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, look, if he's if he's got an ego and he scores two or three goals every game, I ain't got a problem with that. But he's just got to make sure he scores those goals. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always got to be good to score. I know it's, it's not his debut, but it's his first game back. Yeah, uh, I think Sykes does do brilliantly just to stick with it on the in the corner. And actually, I think it would have been an incredible goal if Taylor had scored from tight and ang- tight and angle. But I think he he does enough to to put the keeper off a little bit, so the keeper can only just sort of palm it out. And That's it. It's, a, it's a sweet strike from Brown, to be fair. It's, I mean, there's a guy on the line and the keeper, and he's managed just to split them. Perfectly. Yeah, he kept it down well. Um, yeah. The, the next thing was a massive head-in-hands moment. So there was still 15 to 20 minutes left when this happened, but Rotherham basically played a really poor back pass back. Matty Taylor latched onto it, completely clean through. The keeper did close down the angle pretty well very quickly, but Taylor just kind of dragged his shot wide, and that was the chance. Andy, do you, were you following it? Did you hear the dramatic cries of Jerome Sale on the radio? Um, I think I... I... I had the radio on in the car just after that happened, so I didn't actually miss it or actually yeah, yeah. catch it. But it's one of those; they're the type, of, the type of efforts that, or the type of chances that define the game. I think if we'd got that, we probably still stood a good chance of getting something from it, even if it was a point. But obviously, as a striker, your confidence takes a knock when you you miss those chances. So. Yeah. That was probably a defining moment in the second half for us, really. That's it. It would have been free to, like I said, with 15, 20 minutes left. So, as you said, we could have. That was our chance to then go and snatch something. Holland um, did really well, looked really lively after coming on, you know, along alongside Marcus Brown. Uh, he was playing on the, moved over to the left and he drove a really good strike, kind of a curling effort from the edge of the box. Um, drew a massive kind of save from the Rotherham keeper, but looked really promising signs from him. Um, and yeah, between him and Brown, they injected a lot of kind of much needed urgency and intent into the team. And it was something that we kind of missed in that first half. Um, but yeah, Ben, happy ultimately with what you saw looking back at the game from Holland and Brown? Yeah, I am. Um, I think that's what we've we've missed is those extra extra numbers to who are really attacking wingers who are going to run down the flanks all game. We've missed that sort of depth in the squad, you know, because if Hall, Hall's not fit, so he can't do what he, it, you know, play that way of football like he used yeah. to. And Fosu, you know, we talked about his, his consistency before, but I mean, assuming they're both fully fit, which I don't see why they wouldn't be, I'd hope both Brown and Holland start against Ipswich on Tuesday. Yeah, I hope so too. I think we need that dynamic element and we need to take the game to him. But anyway, in, in summary, so we ended 3-1. Uh, Andy, you just kind of talked about the, the need for a plan B um, and how we didn't really execute that at any point in time. That was previous feedback from long back in KR's reign that was something that we considered. Um, we kind of lost our... This was something that I was thinking I took a note on as I was watching it, but I felt that we lost our identity a bit 
from recent games, especially in the first half. So we weren't dictating play, playing quick kind of progressive football through the lines. And we didn't obviously have those overlapping fullbacks. I actually thought Ruffles and Long, in terms of their distribution when they were actually on the ball, was pretty poor as well, let alone their running kind of beyond players. Um, maybe that was a tactic to try and contain them a bit, but it didn't work. Like We weren't containing Rotherham at all. In fact, they counted on us and exposed it all the times. But Carl, um, I saw this, sorry, in a tweet. I'm not taking credit for it, but I thought this guy worded it really well, that KR decided to make the game all about Rotherham's strengths, not our own. Like his first, And that was his first mistake for a long time. Andy, do you reckon that's fair feedback going back to the lineup at the beginning of the game? Um, yeah, I think so. I think he'd set it up to sort of um, grind them down, wear them out, and 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 take whatever they were going to uh, fire at us. But I think that probably backfired on them a little bit. If it was me, and I know we all sit there and we're all like world class managers on <laughs> football manager, but <laughs> um, I I applaud what he did with the whole sort of loyalty thing and. and having the, the integrity to to keep that core in the starting lineup but i think with a team like Rotherham or any of the, the teams in the the top 6 you've got to take the game to them rather than let them bring the game to you yeah. um and obviously you win some you lose some but i think he'd set up that team to sort of not not necessarily sit back but just let Rotherham come at us and then hopefully catch them on the counter and and I think in hindsight you probably look back on that and, and see it as a mistake but then again who do you or who would you have dropped to the bench for that game it'd be unfair to drop any of the players but I think yeah. football's a harsh business and, and if you want promotion you've got to be you've got to be harsh I mean I know a lot of the uh, a lot of Man United players they talk about Ferguson he was never their mate you know what I mean and I think it's been mentioned previously that Carl Robinson's quite pally with the players. So maybe he doesn't want to upset his mates, so to speak. But Yeah. Uh, the, for me, there were three changes that, and I think we talked about it before the game in the Yorkshire Yellows WhatsApp group, where I think Taylor was, we, I, this is again, my view, football manager of the year competition, but Matt, Matt, <laughs> I think Matty Taylor should have started. I think it's fair play to Sykes again. He had a good game, but I was expecting potentially Holland or Brown to come into his place. But I think, I wouldn't have been that surprised if Sykes had started, but Moose not starting in centre-back with that kind of continuity of the Moose and Dickey thing, I think that really impacted our game um, more than I, I expected it to. Moore is obviously a really yeah. good player and he's going to grow into be a fantastic centre-back, definitely at this level, if not higher. But I just felt there was no need to to, to kind of hit that, hit that form that we've got at the back. Um, in terms of reaction, KR didn't really acknowledge much of in previous games where there's been a problem with the team or we've I forget who it was against more recently but he took accountability um, a bit more than maybe he did in this game so again we applaud him for the the loyalty side of it but he didn't seem to talk about the the lineup too much Um, he said that we lost the game more in the middle of the pitch uh, lost the midfield battle and if we weren't winning second balls then all of a sudden um, Rotherham are turning around and hitting us on the break and that that is a fair summary of what happened but um he did also refer to the thing that I I mentioned around Fosu getting doubled up on first half as there were no other danger men on the pitch but then then when Holland and Brown came on obviously Rotherham distributed their kind of focus a bit more broadly um and I was happy that he acknowledged that 
because it was definitely a thing watching the first half, but I was just a bit frustrated in that we didn't do anything about it. Like if it was that obvious, maybe we need to do something earlier on in the first half, but I know it's always a bit brutal trying to drag someone off before half time. So maybe that's that. Anyway, let's uh, Rotherham went top of the league. We went down to fifth. And on that note, let's talk about what happened in league one. Ben. Yes, we'll quickly go uh, go through the results. Uh, sorry, my computer's just trying to do something. Uh, right, Donny got uh, two late goals in the last five minutes to keep their good run of form going. Uh, we at Bristol Rovers. Uh, Bristol Rovers quite the form's dropped dropped off a bit since the uh, the change in manager, which I suppose isn't yeah. too much of a surprise. Uh, Burton again, another late winner, 89th minute winner against Fleetwood. Burton, one of those teams that just seems to sit in mid-table and, and just sort of threaten the playoffs every now and then and then drop off, but they're still yeah. in about. Uh, Coventry, MK Dons, one all. Fairly even game, I think, by the looks of it. Coventry took the lead very quickly, about first or second minute. Um, MK Dons forms a bit all over the place as well. They beat us, but then seem to be beating on, the, on their travels a lot. But it's not a bad point away at Coventry. I think, Coventry didn't quite I think their home form, MK's home form has been good since they kicked that off with the game against us. So I think they haven't been picking up points away, but their home form's definitely been on point. Yeah. Uh, Ipswich, 4-1 winners against Accrington Stanley. Uh, it was their first league win in nine games, which I knew their form was bad, but I was quite surprised by that stat. Uh, Is that good timing for us or bad timing? I can't work out. Um, could be like, whichever way you want to look at it, I suppose. I guess it's, <laughs> it breaks their, their runs. They've got a bit of momentum now. And then four different scorers, Jackson, Norwood, Judge and Keane. Touch on a few of those in a couple of minutes. But yeah, attacking-wise, I think they're quite a big threat. So yeah, we don't really want to catch them on a on a high momentum run. Uh, Peterborough, 0-0 against Gillingham. That stops Peterborough's run of three defeats on the bounce. Uh, Pompey beat AFC Wimbledon 2-1. Rochdale beat Bolton 2-0. Um, that was, their opener was uh, from the teenage fullback Luke Matheson. So I think his dream season's still going on well. I think he'll get a, a big move in the summer as well to a championship club. He looks like... Uh, is that the young lad with like a mane? Yeah. Looks a bit like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he's uh, he's definitely one for the future. So I think a lot of clubs are keeping an eye out on him. Nice. Uh, Shrewsbury drew one over Lincoln. That was a game of penalties. Penalty each. Southend 0-0 against Tramia. It's 11 games without a win now for the greatest mind in football. <laughs> uh, that's only their second clean sheet of the season for Southend so they are struggling they're beginning to get distance quite a lot now so uh, I think they could be down by March at this rate if they're not careful I wonder if they're in double that maybe that put them into double figures in terms of points which would be terrible <laughs> some sad I kind of liked that single <laughs> single digit point yeah well I'm sure Sol Campbell called it a vital point I don't know I've not seen his post-match interview but knowing what yeah. he's like. Uh, and finally, Sunderland beat Wickham 4-0. So Wickham just in complete free fall now. Sunderland, complete opposite. They're climbing back up to where they should be. Uh, Maguire got two of those goals. Uh, and I didn't realise it until you pointed it out, James, but I did see his penalty celebration. Shades of the, <laughs> the Peterborough game when he was with us. Of, uh, not quite the same level of pointing celebration, but uh, very much bullying the keeper in his celebration. Vintage Maguire, he's not changed. Yeah. On, on a side note of that, he celebrated with a Burger King this time, not a McDonald's. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody saw my tweet this morning to uh, the Roker Report winding them up, but I um, 
they were they were obviously they put something up saying he was the king of shithousery, and I replied to them saying, "Oh well, uh, you're not you're not criticizing him having food now." And they they replied back with a, a middle finger emoji <laughs> and then a picture a a picture of Chris Maguire with a, a burger as a head, but then they uh, they they deleted it. So maybe they uh, maybe they thought it wasn't very professional. Nice one. It looks like you, you touched did, a nerve. <laughs> I did well. I don't think it helped that I called them Geordie wannabes either, but <laughs> probably not. No. <laughs> uh, Form-wise, uh, Rotherham are the informed team. Obviously, they've won the last four games. Uh, Doncaster, Sunderland, and Burton have all won three or four of the last six games, so they're the teams moving up the table. Uh, and said table, Rotherham and Wickham both on forty-four. Top two, Rotherham top on goal difference. Uh, Ipswich, Coventry, ourselves, and Sunderland, they're the playoff places. But it's very close. I mean, we're only we're three points off third and three points off twelfth. So it's just got a bit tight again with a couple of couple of losses. Yeah, it's just, it's weird that we're only three points. So Bristol Rovers are in twelfth, and it's weird that they haven't won in what five games, and yet um, losing three of them, and yet we're only um, three points above them. Like we've missed a yeah. It's a shame after the the run of three wins that we didn't didn't get something. Um, against Donny or against Rotherham. Cool. Was that that, Ben? Yeah. Right. It's you again. We're going to preview Ipswich. So, a quick look at Ipswich. They're the only team we haven't played yet so far this season. Obviously, it was supposed to be in November, but postponed because of internationals. It's the first time they've played in the third tier of English football, Ipswich, since 1957. So they've uh, wow. either been in the Premier League or Division One, Championship or Division Two, depending on your old currency. Uh, and since they were last in the third tier, they've won the Texaco Cup, which uh, the what Texaco after the uh, the Texaco Cup oil company. Yeah, so it was uh, an English Scottish tournament. I don't know when it was, seventies or eighties. Uh, so they won that. They've won the FA Cup. Uh, they've won a second division playoff final. They've been second division champions three times. They won the old first division and they won the UEFA Cup. So they've seen quite a lot of success since they were last at this level of football. <laughs> um, started the season strongly, as you'd have expected. One of the form teams, promotion favourites to go up. Although, as we know, their form's dipped slightly of late. Uh, they've played 24 games in total in the league. Won 11, drawn 8, lost 5. So fairly decent stats. Only won one of their last five, though, which was yesterday. Uh, drawing two and losing two. The two losses were to Lincoln and Portsmouth. Managed by Paul Lambert, they tend to play a fairly attacking 3-4-1-2 formation. Uh, your, your number 10 role, your traditional role, just behind the front two. Um, plenty of attacking players. Quite a, an attacking-minded squad, I think, by looking at it. A uh, couple of players to watch. Uh, Luke Garbutt, so we know all about him. He scored six goals so far this season, so... I think they're playing in much more forward as we did in the second half of last season. I think that's his best position as a, a wing back or a, or a outright winger rather than a left back. Uh, mainly the three strikers I mentioned earlier: Caden Jackson, who was at Accrington Stanley a few years ago. He scored eight goals this season for them. James Norwood mm-hmm. uh, signed in the summer from Tranmere. Uh, I didn't realise he'd made so many appearances in his career. He's played over 150 times for both Forest Green and Tranmere. So he's a, he's a professional at this level now, really. He scored 10 goals this season. He's their highest scorer. 
And another striker, Will Keane, former Manchester United player, signed from Hull in the summer. He scored six goals. So plenty of goals spread out quite evenly. So they don't rely on, on one main striker. Uh, and they've even got Freddie Sears. And he, he struggles to get a look in because their this strikers are that strong. So I think for them, it's it's about goals. It's almost that we'll score more goals and we concede mentality that Man City have had over the last few years. So I can definitely see them scoring against us, um, just hoping that we can win 2-1 or 3-1, something like that. Are you going to ask us for a prediction? No, <laughs> you could just give it. Um, I, um, I'm really nervous about this because this would be, if we lost this, that's three three losses in a row, isn't it? Um, I just, I'm, I'm hoping to your point earlier that we kind of go for it. We get Holland um, and Brown on, maybe give Fosu a rest, get Holland, Brown and Taylor as potentially the front, front three um, and go from there. Maybe even give Brannigan a rest as well and let Kelly, I don't know how fit Kelly is, uh, but it was good to see him on the bench, um, but maybe give him a run as well. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, Two two, I don't. I, I think it's going to be a really tough ask on the back of the last couple of games to to get a win there. And again, if they've just won four one, um, pushed Ak- Accrington, who are no mugs. We talked about their form earlier with their manager getting manager of the month. If they were beating them four one. You know, then it's going to be a tough game. So two all. Yeah, Andy. Uh, I think we'll hopefully have learned from our mistakes against. Um... Rotherham, I don't think we'll make the same defensive errors. I don't think we'll set up again the same as we did. So I think James is probably right. Give uh, Fosu a rest. Have sort of Holland and, and Brown on the wings. Um, I don't think it'll be as open as yesterday's game. I'm going to go two one to Oxford. Go on. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put. I'm going to say two one. I'm going to put my neck out and say two one as well. Awesome. Okay, we've got another game to preview. Andy, do you want to interlude or do you just want to go into it? <clears throat> no, let's go straight into it. Straight in. Balls deep. Gillingham away. Gillingham away it is, yeah. Um, I've been there. Have I been? I mean, yeah, I have been there a couple of times, actually. Um, do they still have that like them. massive um, temporary stand? It looks like you're going to a theatre. Yeah, I think they do, actually. They, I think they definitely did the last time I went, but that was way back when I was still in the army and doing my um, heating and plumbing course down in, in a place called Chatham. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I haven't been since then, so I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we've, we've played them a total of 14 times over the last 10 years. Uh, we've won seven of those, uh, drawn four, and we've only lost three. So we've got by far the better results against them. Um, the last time we played them was a 3-0 win, win at home in September. Um they are currently sitting fourteenth in league, uh, in league one, five points behind us, which isn't. It, it just shows how tight that our league is actually. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, it's. I mean, Sunderland have shown obviously one good win. I think they're just a place behind us, aren't they? Or are they two? No, they're they're right up there anyway. Um, they obviously drew nil nil. Uh, board draw against the posh yesterday. Um, Steve Evans, obviously that was his former club. Uh, after being sacked 12 months ago. Um, but despite the result, it's seven matches unbeaten for the Jills, uh, which is a decent run, to be to be fair. Um, what do you reckon, Ben, do you reckon being on a run's a good thing, or do you think it, it puts a bit of 
additional pressure on you to carry that on? I think it's a bit of both. I think there's the momentum, there's the confidence of, of being unbeaten, but then you always know it's going to end at some point and you always think, is it going to be this game? Is it going to be this game? Um, I, I don't think we need to... I don't think we should be focusing on that. Um, as a team, you know, chaos should just go, look, we, you know, we, we beat them at home, we're better than them, really, if you look on paper. Uh, we, you know, we were unbeaten in it and MK Dons, who should never have beaten us on paper, beat us. So I don't think you can look a lot into it, to be honest. No, I think you're probably right. It, uh, I know it must it must be playing on the back of the the players' minds a little bit, but like I say, so uh, unless it's seven games unbeaten where you've won every single game, I think it's unrealistic to think that it's going to carry on forever. Um, so in terms of stats for the statisticians out there, <laughs> um, we've won three more than them this season. Um, we've won eleven games to their eight. Um, We've scored 33 goals um, to their 19. Um, <clears throat> our attack play um, is a lot better than theirs, to be honest. Yeah. Um, defensively, they take a, uh, they take the honours overall, um, but we've got 11 clean sheets to their eight. Um, I think if you look at... I mean, you can look at it two ways. Um, do you think having a better defensive stats is a, is a good thing or... a a, a, a bad thing it's got to be good I'll take better stats than their stats I'm happy with that the, the, well the, it's actually them that's got the better defensive record but does that mean that they're more solid in defence or does it just mean they're getting peppered with more shots I don't know um, I think we've had more clean sheets than them haven't we or something like that I think I looked to your stats uh, yeah we've got 11 11 to their 9 um, yeah I but then I'm I'm happy again. I expect to move. It's it's weird previewing a game where there's another game in between, isn't it? Because mm. I, I think I think yeah, I could all yeah, who knows what's going to happen on Tuesday? But I think you expect Moose to be back in there. And then I think once we have got that defense kind of sorted out and we've got a, a different right back in potentially, then I'm you know I'm sure the stats will edge their way back up again. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, as a team. Uh, our team play, we're killing it. To be honest, there uh, we've got three hundred forty-five point eight accurate passes per match to their one hundred seventy-nine, um, a fifty-six point eight percent average possession to their forty-five point two, um, and I think the only thing that they're better than us, better, I put my teeth back. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only thing they're better than us at is their possession. Uh, one in the final third where they've got 88 to our 84. That's that's interesting then- that because we've nearly got double the amount of accurate passes per match and going back to the Rotherham mm. game that screams like you know we t- people always talk about a team's identity and it's often just like what are you on about but that that screams the fact that we like to dictate play we like to control the ball we like to basically boss it and yeah, I'm hoping that this this will be a game where we're actually showing that again. It looks like Gillingham are, are kind of subject to that as well. Like of all the teams we played recently, you know, this is a game where we need to be bossing it from from the start. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's 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 one of them. It's a good uh, it's a good stat to have, to be honest. Um, and then on to discipline, we've got um, 52 yellow cards there, 38, and I think 50 of those are Gorin. So, uh, <laughs> I think you, you, I mean, take from that what you will. It, that's over the, the season, so I suppose it's not really that many. And then one red card, they've got one red card to our 
none. Yeah. And I don't know if that I'm, I'm assuming that's one straight red card rather than two yellows, but I don't know. Have we had any players sent off this season? Um I don't I don't think we have. I can't remember. No, I can't think of any. No. Yeah. Well, we've been good boys. Um and then lastly on to uh, a few players to watch. Obviously, you've got former U's, uh, Loney, and their top scorer, Alex uh, Jackieback. Is that how you pronounce it? Jackieback? Sounds, sounds good. Know. We'll call him AJ. <laughs> um, he's got six goals. Um, you've got uh, Brendan Hanlon, who scored three and a uh, forward. Um, defender Connor uh, Ogilvy, who's got three goals and is actually their highest rated player. Um, and then. The last two, um, obviously, um, Hanlon and Ogilvy have started the last seven games where they've got that un- unbeaten run. Um, and AJ, because I can't pronounce <laughs> his surname, he's only he's only started one of them, one of those games, and he's he's been on the bench actually. I don't know whether he's been injured. He, he must have been injured for some of those. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's that's chilling him. Nice predictions for you, Andy. What are you reckoning? Oof, cool. Well. We'll see where we are. It's a, like I say, it's yeah. a difficult one with the game in between. But if it was if it was on Tuesday, I'd probably say two one again. Yeah, I, I think um, the same thing. If this was being played on Tuesday, I, I'd really fancy us. I know it's Steve Evans, and he's just a big tomato, as we <laughs> referred to him in the. But he does. He's oh. organised, isn't he? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is it, yeah, at the end of the day, we, we don't like him as a manager, but he is a good manager. He gets the most out of his players and he commands that dressing room. But um, I wonder if he's got any kisses today because it is Kiss a Ginger Day. Is he ginger, Steve Anybody? Oh, I think he must be. Come on. He's a bit, yeah, I I'm think sure. so. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I'd go for a one a scrappy 1-0 where we dominate possession, but don't make many chances. If they're seven unbeaten, um, it's going to be a tough game. But so I think we'd all happily take a one nil win. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, um, I I'm going to go two nil to us. But yeah, if we lose on Tuesday, all of a sudden Gillingham becomes it's a huge. much more important game. Uh, and then yeah, I'll take a, a one nil 89th minute winner if necessary. So they could be two points behind us, couldn't they? I don't know if it's a full fixture list on Tuesday, is, but if it is... No, there's only three games, I think, on Tuesday. Okay. Are they not one of them? don't think so. Okay. Cool. Andy, it's going to be you again. On this day. We love a bit of on this day. I think it's me for the next one. <laughs> I've got the hat trick. Um... We've got a choice today, gentlemen. We can have top or bottom. Benjamin, would you like to choose? Uh, I'll choose bottom, please. Bottom, okay. Um, I'll try not to read this like a story. I know I have a habit of reading these like a, like a bedtime story. but A novel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's kind of no other way to read it. So, um, Well, here we go. This one's from Monday the 12th of January 2009, so fairly recently. Connor might remember this one. Um. <laughs> At a meeting in Birmingham, a conference panel docked United five points and fined the club £500 for fielding an ineligible player. The player in question was Eddie Hutchinson, failed to be registered 
by United after managing uh, manager Darren Patterson had placed him on the transfer list at the start of the season. The club sent off the registration form but failed to check that it arrived. The error wasn't discovered until November, by which time United had earned 11 points from games in which Hutchinson had played, but the panel dock points won only from games in which the player had started. Although the club admitted its guilt, uh, the ramifications about the conference, unfair checking methods and poor procedures continued after the end of the season. So it was the, it was the conference's fault at the end of the day. Let's blame yeah. the conference. I do remember that. Was that 2008 into 2009 season? Yeah, it must have been, yeah. I think it was. I can't remember where we finished that year. I don't remember. But they. I think those points, I'm trying to remember if those points actually cost us anything, but I think we were short of the playoffs. Um, cool. Now we're on to the quiz. Exciting times. Now, I've heard a vicious rumour, Andy, that this is a bit different. It, 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 you're right. It is a little bit different. Um, in, in honour of me uh, passing my Nibosh um, health and safety certificates, um, hence my sabbatical from the, the podcast, today is going to be a health and safety quiz. it's 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 going to be health and safety um i've been in consultation with um the health and safety guy in mixter um and it's all about health and safety um in football grounds okay no it's not (laughs) that 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 would be very boring and nobody likes the uh the health and safety manager so i'm not going to go down that route um today's quiz is actually a music quiz and I've, I've, t- I've taken this. Um, I've taken inspiration from another pod I listened to um, called the Under the Thumb Pod. I don't know if anybody's listened to it, but it's quite a good pod. And they have a, a music quiz at the end of every um, podcast episode. So, uh, all I've got. Um, I think I got carried away last night. Um, <laughs> there are there are fifteen songs in this playlist. Um, oh my God! But <clears throat> I'm only going to play um, five seconds from the start of each of those songs. So it'll be a five second intro of that song. They're all um, related to Oxford United in, in some way where it could be the color, it could be um, an old Oxford song that has sort of some sort of meaning within the club. Um, it could be anything. So it, that and that reference could be either be in the title or the artist. So I'm going to play five seconds of um, these songs and you get one point for the uh, correct answer uh, getting the title right and one point for getting the artist right, and it has to be the song that this actual song is. So it can't be the original. So it might be a a, yeah, a, yeah. a, re- a remake, a cover. Um, I'm not expecting uh, to do very well at this. At all. <laughs> I am. I'm going to be terrible. So, <laughs> I know. I know. Jack was disappointed that he wasn't on this week. Cause he was. He was thoroughly looking forward to it. But we can do it again. Um, <laughs> there are plenty of songs out there. Um, I'm going to play them a maximum of twice, so you'll need to listen carefully. I'll, pl- right. I'll play them once. If you want to hear it again, I'll play it again. Um, no cheating. I need a little bit of integrity. I don't want you to use uh, just open sh- Shazam. Or... <laughs> yeah, Shazam. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Yeah. So you need to record the. Um, you need to write down your answers as well. So both write down oh, your answers, shit. and then. And then at the end of it, I'll um, I'll ask you for your answers. We'll do an alphabetical order just so, for right. Hang fair. on, hang on. This is serious shit. <laughs> Let me get my phone. <laughs> right, okay. So yeah, there's 15 songs. There might be a little red herring in there as well. 
okay. in, in, a, in a roundabout way. Is that but a song I'm, name? Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Red it has a, it has a, it has a particular <laughs> has a particular poignant reference to the club. Um, right. So sorry, is it artist and um, song so, name? Yeah. So song name and artist, and it has to be the actual artist that's put the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, song yeah. is. Um, so the, the the exception to the ten the, the five seconds is that song five. I'm going to play ten seconds because it doesn't really kick in till about six or seven. Seconds, oh, of course. So, um, so Ben, Ben, do you understand? Yes, I think so. <laughs> James, do you understand? I understand. Okay, right. I'll uh, I will aim at my mic at the microphone, and <laughs> the the first song shall commence presently. So you have a maximum of two plays. So if you don't get it in the first one, let me know and I'll play it again. Alright. Alright. We shall begin. I mean, I was desperate for this one to be there, so it's the only one I know. <laughs> do you want do you want to hear it again, gentlemen? Are we are No, we no, we're good. good. We're good. Alright, we'll go on to the next one. Fourteen left. There we go, that's five seconds. No fucking idea. Oh god. <laughs> next week. We can go again. You can have no, no, no. I'm not going to know what it is. Next. No. What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> next. Next. Okay. Next. Ben, do you want to hear it again? No. <laughs> no. Okay. That was Disco Pete with Turn It Up. <laughs> next one. should both get that. Don't know who it's by. Ben, do you want to hear that again? Yeah. Right, let's go again. Hit me now. Right, next song. I think this might be the 10 second one, so... Okay. Here we go. Well, he wasn't wrong. This is a ah oh. oh oh yeah. <laughs> do, do we want to go again? Do you want to hear it again? Mm. Is, is this by the newer people or the older people? You tell do you me. Say it was, you said it was more the more this, modern this version. Is, this is no, 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 not necessarily. Do you want to go again or should no, we have the next song? It's all right. It's all right. Yeah, song, we'll go then. In the town where I was born. <laughs> right, that was Spice Girls with Stop Right Now. <laughs> this is brilliant. I don't I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> anybody want to hear it again? No. No. All right, let's go. Next song. I mean, it's not going to help me if I hear it again, but I have no idea what it is. Let's go again. Just want to have once more. I can hear some frantic clicking. I'm typing on my keyboard. Uh, (laughs) Cliff Richard. Are we we happy? Do you want to go to the next? Next, eight. Are we on question eight? Song eight? I think so. I have no fucking... I know... Obviously, what it is, but I don't know who it's by. I'm just saying, Dave. Absolutely loving, loving the picture of this this uh, 
particular artist that's uh, on Spotify. Okay. I almost dropped a clanger last night because I was going to post a picture of the playlist in the uh, in the podcast <laughs> group, but I thought somebody out there might have the um, the intellectual power to go and find the playlist on Spotify, so I didn't. But yeah. Um, we happy? Do you want to go to next? Next, yeah. Next, right? Let's go. That's it. That's five seconds. Um, I think I've got it. I know what that is. I think Ben's ben. dro- Ben's dropped off. <laughs> Has he actually? Give him um, give him a oh, minute. No. Maybe he's just had enough. Maybe. I'm enjoying yeah. this more than I thought I would. <laughs> well, if I, shall I find some lift music? Hang on, wait there. There must be some lift music. Let me see if I can find some lift music. I mean, people have either committed to this by now on the pod or they haven't. So I think if they've committed Let, up to song let's nine. Let's try this lift music. Ben's back on now anyway. Oh, beautiful. Lloyd's Insurance. Join ben, us now. Ben, are we back? Yeah, we're back. Right, let's see where we're up to. Do you, where, where, which song did well? Which number did he get up to? Do you remember? We are on ten now. Okay, I think the last one I heard was number seven. Oh really? Oh. We just been going yeah. on without you? Yeah, I've been right, gone well, for a while. We'll we'll um we'll go for this. We'll go through these quickly. Right, this one's number eight. Ben, you ready? Yeah. Number eight. Do you want to hear it again? Nope. Number nine. You good? How do you want it again? Uh, nah, carry on. Okay. It's a one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now, go, can't go. Oh. Yep, yeah, fine with that one. <laughs> okay. James, do you yeah, want to yeah, hear I'm, it again? I'm all right, I'm all right, I got it. No? Okay, right, next one. <laughs> oh, what a fucking tune that was! Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, the title has to be the full title, the uh, full and correct title. You can't just have a, a part of the title. Are you sure? Isn't it? I'm a hundred, a hundred percent, James. Oh, <laughs> right. Are we good? Do you want to go to the next one? Yeah, next one. Let me just check how many more there are. There are one, there are four more, right? Here's the next one. Right, black and yellow. Is it though? Is it? I was hoping Conrad would be on because I think Conrad would probably get that one. I'm not saying that either of you two won't, but. Who's cool these days? Stormzy. <laughs> That's what Conrad would say. Yeah. Are we good? Yeah. All right, next one. <laughs> we good? Yeah. You want to hear it again. I'm not going to I want that one again. That one again, okay. It's a tune. That's what it is. 
Right, that's your second play. We're on to the, the penultimate track. And I forgot to mention as well the final track, which is the sort of red herring track. That's worth bonus points. So uh, you'll get four points for each if you can guess the uh, the title and the artist. <laughs> is the penultimate track. Oh, you want to hear more of it, don't you? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, I, you do you know what? More. I'm going to play you a I'm going to no, play a little no. bit. No, Stop it. it's fine. Yo, yo. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Like, Anybody want some more of that? Um, absolutely no, not. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed that I know what it is, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, same. I don't know why I do. <laughs> right, here we go then. Here's the penultimate. The uh, Oh, sorry, the last track. Last one, and this, yeah. is your, this is your bonus track worth double points. So here we go. We can have it again if we want. We can go again. We'll play it once more. It sounds like something from The Wizard of Oz. That's your lot. Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Yellow Brick Road. Got it. (laughs) Right. Do we all have an answer for all of those 15 questions or at least an attempt at it? Uh, I think I've missed one, but never mind. <laughs> which one was it? You might as well. I don't know. I don't know which one I've missed. You oh, missed right, one. right, okay. Okay. Yeah, let's not well, dwell on that. Right, how are we doing this? Do we... Right, well, yeah, we'll start with Ben. So, Ben, what is your answer for the first title? <sighs> um, I'm going to guess the title's yellow. Correct. I wish I had a ding. I meant to speak to you earlier, James, and see if we can get some sort of soundboard oh, for shit, a ding yeah. or... <clears throat> uh, well, do we want this to be tense now? I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll tell you what we'll do, just to make it a little bit fairer, because obviously you could, well, you well let's could go ju- with the same answer. Let's just go with it then. So, yeah, yeah. what's your, uh, what's your, what, who the, who's the artist, Ben? Uh, now, I'm useless with this. Uh, Coldplay? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say correct, but... Is that not right? right. I put Coldplay. Oh yeah, it's correct. Yeah, but then I, yeah. So what have you got then? Yeah, no, it's fine. James. Coldplay and yellow. But I reckon it's fine. Yeah. As long as look, we're not going to cheat on this. This will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> right, correct. Two points apiece. Right, next one. We'll go. We'll alternate. It's a James um, title of the second one. No idea. Please. And I put Tom Jones as an artist. Well, Ben, title uh, and artist. Nah, not a clue. Well, I'm disappointed, gents. It's "Tie a Yellow Ribbon" by Tony Christie. So no points for either of you there. Sorry, Tony. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, next one. Uh, ben, title, please. Nope. No. Uh, artist? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> artist? No. Nope. I'm disappointed. It's it's Timmy Mallet. Well, that's it's, why it's, I don't it's, know it's, it. <laughs> it's <laughs> Itty Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Polka Dock Bikini by Timmy Mallet. Or, or it's... Bombalarina with Timmy Mallet. Um, okay, no points there. So, Ben, you're still on two, and James, you're still on two. Right, next one. Uh, James, title, please. Yellow and Blue. Correct. I don't know who it's Artist. by. I don't know. Mm, okay, Ben, what's your answers? Same, Yellow and Blue, but I couldn't tell you. Okay. 
Well, yellow it is correct. Yellow and blue, and the artist is Pekeli. 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 There are are they Swedish or they they're from somewhere around there. Uh, next, uh, Ben, it's your turn. Title and artist, please. Now, I'm hoping this is a title. Ain't nobody. Correct. But I artist. don't know which which artist that one was. Oh dear, James. I put Ain't you. Nobody as well, but it was covered by yeah. Liberty X, I think. Oh, but that's not no, what the original was. It's it's a point for you both, but the artist or the the artist is this one is is I think it's the original artist is, is Shaka Khan. Yeah, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. Why did I admit to the Liberty X thing? <laughs> <laughs> I could have just stayed quiet. I'd have had the same amount of points. Okay, next you should both get this. Um, yeah, James, title please. Yellow Submarine by the Beatles. Correct. Uh, ben. Yep, Yellow Submarine Beatles. Nice. Hang on, let me just add these points in. So, as it stands currently, Ben, you have six points, and James, you have six points. Oh, it's close. Tense. Right, next. Uh, ben, can I have the title of the next track, please? Well, assuming that I've got these in the right order from missing a little bit of the <laughs> quiz, is this the one I have to put in a town? Is it that one? But I don't think that's the title. I have no idea who the artist is. No, in a town, that's the the start of the the last track. Maybe you missed this one out. Yeah, I don't think I, I have nothing for this one either. So what? we might as well move oh, on. Wow. Okay, well it was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. Um right, next. James. Title uh, an artist. Sweet Caroline, don't know the artist. Correct for Sweet Caroline. Ben? Yeah, I'd put question mark Sweet Caroline. Okay, well done. That's a point each. The artist is Neil Diamond. Um, I wish I was... Who's the radio on DJ that's got a cool voice? It's um, Tony Blackburn. Why couldn't we have drafted him in to do this? Yeah. I, that would have been epic rather than my, <laughs> my monotone, draining voice. <laughs> anyway, next we are on... James, it's your turn, isn't it? Title and artist of the next uh, one. Counting Crows, Big Yellow Taxi. Correct. Wow. Ben? Yeah, that could be the clincher. I did not have a clue. Yeah. Neither of them, though. No. Oh, so what are we are now? So we are on ten. James. You've got, is it 10? Oh, yeah, sorry, ten. no. Question time. Oh, nine, yeah. Nine, yeah. You're on nine points. Ben, you've got five, seven. It's close. Um, Next next song, Ben, title and artist. Uh, Elvis, Blue Suede Shoes. Yes, correct. That's two points in the bag. James? Yeah, same. Wow. Um, that's correct so next uh, Ben title and artist of the next iconic 90s song well I can't remember the number of the artist (laughs) which worries me (laughs) but I have written down and I don't think it's right Eiffel 62 oh Oh, no what a shame (sighs) oh um, (laughs) and I've written down blue dabba dee dabba die Oh well, you've overegged it. It's actually uh, yeah. it's blue double D, and it's I four sixty five. But I, you know what? Because I'm feeling generous, I'm going to give you two points for that. Well, he can't have two points for I four sixty two. He can. No, he can't. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the quiz master. Oh, You're just is... the contestant. If, if, if he, anyway. <laughs> I'm. I never thought on an Oxford United podcast I'd be raging <laughs> in, about I four sixty two. You know what? You know what? 
because I made a point about this being fair and inclusive, Ben, I can't give you that point. James is correct. Yes. I had blue. Stick and to I even, morals. Make it a I didn't put the dab of D. <laughs> I didn't put the whatever it was. I just called it blue, Eiffel 65. Oh, well, that's, in, that's incorrect, too. That's a point for you. Okay, so that's fine. After that, we've got 10, 11, 12. And uh, Ben, you are on 10. So there's a, there's a song in it. I reckon Ben's going to catch it with the uh, the bonus point at the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> Next one, uh, James, title and artist. Black and yellow, as they sh- shouted black and yellow in the in the bit. <laughs> and I put uh, Stormzy. Mm, no, no. Ben, any, any, any advances on Stormzy? I'm going to guess um, Kanye West. Mm, no, it's you both correct. It is black and yellow, but the artist is Wiz Khalifa. Of course, oh, of course, it is Wiz Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> um, last the pen, uh, the last, oh no, we're down to three songs now. So Ben, uh, title and artist of the next song. Uh, not clue on either. Oh, James, I put Arctic Monkeys, but I didn't know who it was. Mm, it's correct it is the arctic monkeys but it is uh, the title of the song is old yellow bricks oh nice um penultimate song james uh artist and title please all rise by blue <laughs> <laughs> correct ben you had that, that surely i did also have that yes Oh wow oh, that's bad isn't it that's amazing right and this the last the last song um I'll be staggered if anybody gets this, but can I have the your your guess at the title and the artist of this song, please? I um, I thought the Yellow Brick Road wasn't a bad shout after I said it. <laughs> it's not right, is it? No, it's not. Shame. That would have been a good thing to put in here. Leprechauns yeah, running around. Yeah, you're right. Well, it would have been. Yeah. Well, maybe another one. Ben, have you got any guesses for that? Uh, Frank Sinatra and I can't even think of a song. Say something it yellow. Was a, it yellow was a good. It, no, it was a very good, a very good guess at Frank Sinatra. It's that same, same sort of era, but it's Bing Crosby and Only Forever. Bing Crosby. And I know, you, and I know you'll be. You, some of our listeners might be sitting there going, "Well, how's that related to Oxford United?" Well, it was actually number one when uh, Jim Smith was born in 1940. So, R.I.P. Jim, and I hope you're listening wherever you are. That one's for you, mate. I think he's got better things to do. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's the quiz. So uh, the, uh, the score's on the doors. James, you have got 5, 10, 15, 16. And Ben, you've got 5, 10, 14, 13. 13. 13 points. So James is the winner. Get in. Where's my little music? <laughs> Well, I quite enjoyed that in the end. That was good. I mean, we never had a chance of doing a pod under an hour. <laughs> but it was still enjoyable. Even when there's three of us. <laughs> um, right. Whilst, as we've taken the piss for so long, might, we might as well look at... So next pod, obviously, we'll be talking about the um, Ipswich and Gillingham games. Um, who are we playing after that? I guess it'll be the FA Cup. FA Cup, yeah. I wonder if there's Cup, another yeah. midweek or will it maybe not? I doubt there is, isn't there? It, it, it probably re- rearranged. And then let's have a look. Have a look. When's the FA Cup? The 25th, isn't it? Uh, no, there's nothing in that week. We've got... Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, nothing in that week. So we play Gillingham yeah. on the 18th away. And then 
FA Cup the following weekend. So that should be good. We'll be previewing um, we Rochdale or Newcastle. There you go. After, after, will we be previewing them? Uh, no, we'll be, yeah. we'll be, we'll be reviewing it. No, we'll be, we'll be. Pre- on the, yeah, you're, uh, you're right. On the 19th, yeah. Yeah. Next Sunday. I'll shut up. So we'll start again. It will be another four hour pod because we'll have um, <laughs> Ipswich and Gilligan to talk about. I hope it's just nice and easy and it's, it's just a, either one of them. You know, I've, if there's ever a reason to want a nil nil, that's probably why, just for the length of the pod's sake. <laughs> but I'm, that's not really what I'm hoping for. But anyway, as always, thanks everyone for listening. Please give us feedback, um, especially on the music quiz. Let us know how you did with the music quiz, please, or at the Titmaner yeah, Twitter know. account. And if any of you knew no cheating. the last one, then um, you can eat your hat. There you go. Yeah, I'll buy. I'll buy you a pint next time I see you again. Yeah, Andy will buy you a pint. Right. Thanks for listening. See you later. Cheers, everyone. Yeah. Yeah.